Welcome into the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I am here with Andre Simone. And today we are talking about the NFC East as well as how the tight end shook out in the draft. I'm really excited because uh, Albert O. We get to talk about Albert O. Uh, Is there anything else that you're excited about to talk about or excited to talk about, Dre? Oh, yeah. I'm excited about so much of this show, mostly though. At the end of the show, we are taking on a beast of a contest proposed by the Count. We are once again going head-to-head, this time an all-century draft team. So I cannot wait to get into that. And yeah, I've been, uh, I've been puzzled and wanting to talk about this tight end class for a while. And I'm also excited you said the right division because people, uh, people might not know this listening in, but you... You know, you you get the divisions wrong sometimes, and it matters so little at this point which division you pick to go over. We were just going to stick to whatever you said as long as we hadn't done it before. So (laughs) I'm glad you said the one I was a little more prepared. Yeah, you told me like three, four times what we were doing beforehand, just like you had to do last week. But we have it nailed down. It's the NFC East, and we will be digging in after we tell you more about Manscaped. Manscaped is an incredible company. Um, I was texting with Dre this morning. Dre was like, hey, ready for the draft pod later? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Just need to throw on some crop preserver because things are getting kind of gross. Here's more of the story, though. <laughs> so, As if that wasn't enough. <laughs> Let me tell you more. I have been working a lot around the like apartment, I guess, um, really? around the apartment, meaning like everything is within about 10 steps of me. So it's mm-hmm. not really that much, but like hanging stuff and all that kind of thing. But I haven't showered. Well, I just did, but in like nice. two, three days, I actually don't remember exactly. The okay. reason is that you just throw on some of that crop preserver and it's like uh-huh. you did shower. There you go. Booyah. I mean, yeah. the bit, I, I think even the good people at Manscaped would say, Still take showers by all means, but I, I'm glad that you found a replacement as you, uh, you know, as you're still mostly dealing with home life. We might have to have Lindsay reach out to Manscaped to see if they're pro shower or not. Bro, and I, I want one of those razors. Those look so good. I mean, I need some refills on stuff. I've gone through that stuff quick because it's so good. You're You're running out of your crop preserver i mean there's a there's a lot going on here yep yep there is and if you want in on it then you can go to manscape.com and use the code dnvr20 to get 20 percent off and free shipping it's a great deal there's so many products we recommend i, I think that if i had to pick one i mean it's tough between the lawnmower 3.0 mm. and the uh the crop preserver because that crop preserver is really a life changer. And there really isn't anything like either of those products. There you go. Like, yeah, I don't even it, know what the substitute it is. It sounds like you're leaning towards the crop preserver. I kind of am. I think that is very underrated. Nice. Nice. I like it. I'm down. All right. Well, uh, what team do you want to start with in the NFC East? 
Let's go with the highest drafting team of the bunch, the Washington Redskins, who were in an enviable position of just having the best player in the entire draft drop into their lap in Chase Young. And now with Ron Rivera there, have uh, quite the formidable defensive front. They ended up with four top 100 prospects for me, and that's despite not having a second-round pick. So that's pretty nice. You know, they came out got Antonio Gibson, who's very intriguing in the early third round, uh, the hybrid running back receiver from Memphis. Shadiq Charles was tremendous value in the early fourth. Um, I know maybe some medicals, maybe some character stuff, but the athleticism for LSU's left tackle is undeniable, and they needed that once they traded Trent Williams. And then another of our favorites, Antonio Gandy-Golden, was uh, – was taken and you know even Kaliki Hudson the the linebacker from Michigan and Keith Ishmael the center from San Diego State maybe not my favorites but still solid grabs um you know so after Chase Young there's no one that I'm really like over the moon for but I think they took care of business they did what they needed to do with only two picks in the first two days of the draft um so it's a b plus for me yeah I think that's fair um, we can dig into some of these picks a little more specifically, but before we do that, I'm just kind of curious your take on this team overall. You know, is this a team that's competing for the playoffs or is this a team that is kind of keeping their eye on Trevor Lawrence? I think they're big time keeping their eye on Trevor Lawrence. In fact, they were keeping their eye on some of the quarterbacks in this class. Um, and I think just if someone like Chase Young wasn't staring them in the face, you know, if this was more of a two-quarterback class, and in a sense it was with Tua, but Tua had some lot of uncertainty surrounding him. If this was more like next year's class with Lawrence and Justin Fields both staring you in the face, they'd probably go with the quarterback at two over a guy like Chase Young. I think what's going to be interesting is this defense on paper has a ton of talent, and they have a great coach to really unlock a lot of that talent. So I think the defense could be good. It's a wide-open division. What's interesting, though, is what are they going to do on offense? Because that's an offense that's kind of stagnated for a while. They just let their best player go in Trent Williams. I like Dwayne Haskins, but he needs options around him. They do have Terry McLaurin, who, of course, I love. Antonio Gibson's going to add some more versatility. Candy Golden can complement McLaurin nicely because he's more that big-body receiver with great hands. I still think this offense is one or two years away. Um, the defense could show some process, but I think they're in a real kind of long-term rebuilding, and that's what Ron Rivera set up, signed up for. So it might be advantageous to take kind of a slower road, see how things play out with Dwayne Haskins, and be very open to taking him. But, you know, the beauty of next year's draft is if you feel good about Haskins, you can easily fall back on Penny Sewell. So... You know, that, that'd be quite the way to replace Trent Williams and build an offense around McLaurin and Haskins and all these other promising young guys. Yeah, you, you mentioned Terry McLaurin. Um, they also have Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, a couple of guys who, I mean, sure. I think everybody knows Adrian Peterson's good, but Darius Geis, I'm excited to see more of so he stays healthy. They, they still have Bryce Love there too. Peyton yeah. Barber is there. Mm -hmm. JD McKissick is still there. Right. Does that mean that Antonio Brown or Antonio Gibson is a receiver with Washington? 100%. Yeah, I really think they see him as a receiver. Um, you know, a pick like him and a pick like Keith Ishmael, the center from San Diego State, they really feel like they're building kind of more of a zone 
type identity and trying to go back to what they had in the Shanahan's way back when under with RG three there. Um, and a guy like Gibson fits nicely if you're going to use him as a Debo Samuel type, right? Yep. That's a guy who needs to be a yak machine, get the ball in his hands. You have the deep threat of McLaurin and now you have the possession wide receiver in Gandy golden. So hypothetically you've kind of set up your trio of wide receivers for your young quarterback, as you mentioned, they have a lot of options at running back. Who's their starting tight end? Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, Richard Rogers. Yeah. Plus, yeah, they some more blocking guys. Thad Moss as well as a free agent. Yes, who surprisingly, not to step on the toes of our next segment where we'll get into that tight end class a bit more, but one of the more surprising undrafted free agents. He's a nice pickup and fits the mold of the type of offense I'm talking about too. He was a dynamic red zone target um, at LSU. So he he brings a little juice that way. So yeah, it seems like they're really going to try and help Haskins by being more of a run first oriented team and let him attack on, uh, on play action with some of those speed threats they have at the wide receiver position. Yep. And, uh, Speaking of undrafted free agents, they also added Steven Montez, the quarterback from Colorado. Yes. And I like his fit because I see him as very similar to Dwayne Haskins. Obviously, there's a reason that Haskins went in the first round and Steven Montez went undrafted. Mm-hmm. But I do like the fit for him in that offense. Okay, I've narrowed it down to three more Redskins questions. First question. With Dwayne Haskins there, Kyle Allen, who follows Ron Rivera, Alex Smith potentially trying for a comeback. Is there any chance at all? I mean, first of all, what are the odds Steven even makes the roster? Second of all, what are the odds that he could get reps or he does get real snaps on the field as quarterback this season? Reps, I say close to zero. Um, though, again, you know, the Alex Smith, I don't think is factoring too much into this. So the, I would agree. that third quarterback spot could be open. You know, I'd say he's he's going to fight an uphill battle, but he, he's going to have a fighter's chance. He's going to have like a 25% chance to to make this roster. Okay. Um, at the very least, looking at the quarterback depth chart, he should be able to make the practice squad. They should yes. want to keep a third guy around. Absolutely. And he was one of the more coveted undrafted free agent guys at the quarterback position in this draft and again there's another guy that fits that mold of you know if i want to play that shanahan style play action heavy bootleg heavy offense yeah montez is going to fit nicely and he's going to give us a more of an athletic element than haskin does you know okay we're down to two questions um we talked about the running backs there are a bunch of running backs looking at the receivers though you have terry mclaurin you have kelvin Harmon, trey quinn cody latimer Steven Sims Jr., Cam like nobody's really. Yeah. Uh, do you think that they can get enough out of Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gandy Golden in year one to have a, a decent crop of receivers, or are they just kind of toast there this season? I think it'll be not too far off what the Steelers had last year, where Juju Smith gets injured, and it's like, well, you know, Deontay Johnson and James Washington, they showed bits and pieces. I think I like what they could have coming up, but this was kind of a growing pain. Not too dissimilar from what the Broncos had last year, frankly. You know, once Emmanuel was traded, Cortland shined, 
We saw some decent things from Deshaun Hamilton coming alive a little bit. It was like, you know, there's some pieces to build on here, but we're still a ways away. I think it'll be similar to that, where we see flashes. McLaurin could really turn himself into a, you know, really kind of a household name, and Gibson and Gandy Golden have some highlights, but still feel like, okay, I, I like where we're at, but we're far from a finished product. All right, last Redskins question. What should we expect from Chase Young? Oh, man. Um, I mean, it'll be weird because not a full training camp, rookie mini camp, all that. But I'm expecting about what we saw from Nick Bosa a year ago. Really? I mean, yeah, that's right around what I'm expecting. Maybe 10% less, but within that range. You're expecting four sacks in the playoffs? I don't think he'll be in the playoffs, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yes, um, I think he he could threaten for double digit sacks and be already a guy who was kind of getting some low key buzz for uh, defensive player of the year type um, hype and wow. should be you know a, a strong favorite to be defensive rookie of the year. All right. Where do you want to go next? The next drafting team would have been the Cowboys. Is that right? Yeah. I'm blanking because it's Cowboys, Eagles, Skins, who we just did. Or no, Giants. Giants. Giants would be next. The Giants would be of next. Of course. Uh, first real surprise of the entire first round from the Giants taking Andrew Thomas at four. Had you told us this was going to happen, I don't know, 10, 11 months ago when we were previewing the class, Andrew Thomas as the fourth overall pick wouldn't have shocked anyone. Um, at this point in the draft, it was a bit more surprising, but I see how he fits that identity. And he's also arguably the cleanest offensive tackle prospect of the bunch, they doubled up by taking another towering offensive tackle in Matt Pert in the late third round. So two of their first three picks were offensive tackles. And then they got Xavier McKinney, the safety out of Alabama who can play all over. Um, assuming they can figure out whatever's going on with DeAndre Baker and he can come back to the field. Mm -hmm. That's an intriguing um, start to a young secondary, especially when you then add Darnay Holmes, cornerback yep. out of UCLA, who we were both fairly big fans of. Shane Lemieux, you know, I've criticized other teams for reaching on kind of um, badass guards earlier in the draft when it's like there's guys like Shane Lemieux who were available on day three. Early fifth round, I think, was a great pick for Shane Lemieux. Um, really like that. And, you know, just solid all around. They had a lot of picks in day three. You know, they took two Big Ten linebackers in Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin, um, and then another linebacker in TJ Brunson out of South Carolina State, um, and then added to the back seven. They actually took four linebackers because there was yeah. also Tay Crowder. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. I did feel like they wasted a bit of the value uh, later in the draft. As I've told you, that doesn't factor too much into things. Um, but you know, it's, it's a B minus four top hundred prospects drafting in the top five of each round. Um, it's about what you were expected to do, but Hey, props to you for actually doing it. And you know, the giants are, 
are going to be an intriguing team in this division. I think while they maybe have less talent than the Redskins, they're a bit more exciting and intriguing what they have going on this season. Okay. Uh, before we dig into that team, um, I want to say, I, I think you gave them a good grade. Um, mm-hmm. I would probably be just a little bit higher on it. I, yeah. I mean, I love Andrew Thomas. I was higher on Xavier McKinney than I think you were. And right. I could see him turning into that Derwin James, Jamal Adams type. There are some questions, you know, the size, some of that kind of stuff. But I like him. Darnay Holmes, former five-star right. recruit. Yeah. I and mean, he has all the skills in the world. Maybe doesn't get the same recognition he would normally get because he's playing at UCLA. But people right. forget that that UCLA team kind of turned into – a defensive team with some power running and, yeah. and Darnay Holmes was really at the center of that identity. Speaking yeah. of those identities, Shane Lemieux at Oregon, totally That's the kind of offensive lineman I want to bring in somebody who's mm-hmm. been a part of a successful offensive line who knows how to work as a team. And yeah. he obviously has, there are some like concerns. Did, was he successful because of the players he was playing next to? And obviously that totally. helped, but, I, I really like that pick as well. So when I look through these first five picks, I really like it. It is interesting to me, though, and you touched on this, two outside linebackers drafted, two inside linebackers drafted. Yeah. Um, they added Blake Martinez in free agency. Uh, yeah. They still have Lorenzo Carter, David Mayo. They also added Kyler Fackrell in free agency. Mm-hmm. What is going on there? Passed on Isaiah Simmons at four. Who Passed I think on Isaiah be- Simmons the pick we all would have made if we were the the Giants general manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, th- and this is the crazy thing about the the Giants, man. They haven't like drafted a linebacker high in eons. And when they did, they drafted a Hall of Famer um, and really built the identity of their great teams under Parcells. Um, so it, it's crazy that the Giants, despite new general managers, uh, have kept to this, and they're loading up and trying to attack the position with some vets who I don't mind at all. And then in numbers here in the draft, now I understand the strategy. I do feel like you're kind of wasting a bit of draft capital. I'm, it feels like, man, with four guys drafted from the sixth round on, it's very possible that two of the four guys you drafted aren't even making this roster, man. Yeah. You know, so what were you doing? What was the point of loading up on all these day three picks if you're just going to cut them? Well, and that's not all. They also added three undrafted free agents who are linebackers. So that's seven rookies in that linebackers room. Plus they added those guys in free agency. And I get like you have holes. Why not just add a bunch of guys and see who fits? But, uh, strange it's strange to follow that kind of thing and it's not all that surprising that the giants are doing something where you're like huh yep really that's that was the thought process here i don't know yeah it's a little Um, odd for sure any noteworthy undrafted free agents for them um let's see i'm not seeing any um yeah so i think it's a classic drafted you're taking care of business you didn't exceed expectations, you know. Like everyone's getting better in the draft. You definitely got better. Did you get, you know, did you maximize every single pick you had? Yes, ish. In terms of undrafted free agents, 
I mean, Benjamin Victor, the receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, from Ohio State. That's intriguing. Yep. Like and him. Case Cookus, but we only know of him because he's a quarterback. I don't think we would, you know, it, it's a right, name right, we right, recognize. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, talking about this team next year, where do they stack up? You know, I mean, I feel like it's kind of a similar question to the question I asked you about the Redskins, where Dude. you know they have Daniel Jones at quarterback. Is this a team that is still looking at Trevor Lawrence, or is this a team that is going for a, I mean, a, a shot at the playoffs? We shall see. This will be a big year, and we're really going to find out how are guys like Saquon and Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard and Daniel Jones, most of all, going to look without Pat Shermer there. You know, how much was Pat Shermer's scheme really able to kind of simplify and play to their strengths play to ingram's ability to get out in the in the slot and be that you know mismatch tight end and saquon in the passing game and all of that um so you know it's uh and how do the the additions on the offensive line factor into that they're intriguing they also kind of fell off in the second half of the season i'm not sure i like the defense all that much, you know, Baker and the the problems he's getting into, that's a big piece of what they're trying to build on defense. That's going to hurt them. So I, I think this is a team that's going to be drafting pretty high next year and, uh, you know, might have some tough decisions with what do you do with Daniel Jones, what do you do with their GM and Gettleman, who's been controversial, you know, it's a big year, and even though it's year one for this new coaching staff, there's a lot to kind of figure out. Yeah, um, digging into this offense a little bit, you know, Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard are your top two receivers. Behind that, not much depth. I mean, mm-hmm. we mentioned Benjamin Victor, but he's an undrafted free agent. They have uh, Darius Slayton. Corey Coleman is still there. Um, you also have Evan Ingram, though, at tight end. You, you have Saquon, obviously. They signed Deion Lewis. Is that enough weapons to give uh, Daniel Jones a fair shot at playing quarterback? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that is. I think that is. You're maybe lacking that one conventional uh, deep threat outside, but, boy, that's, that's some intriguing weapons, you know, and that's the other thing worth mentioning. It did seem for a certain point, I remember talking to Mace really early on in the process before he and I even went to the senior bowl. Um, and he was saying, you know, he was hearing the Giants on a wide receiver on Jerry Jude. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's surprising in this class of wide receivers, not really to add at all to that. But as you mentioned, all those weapons, you can see why. I mean, it's maybe not the most enticing, but that's a good amount of weapons. And they're weapons who are going to operate, you know, in the short to intermediate game over the middle of the field areas where Daniel Jones is going to be at his best. Yeah, um, and I also think that for as long as you have Saquon Barkley on the roster, this is going to be a running offense. And they they added some pieces there. They now have Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, Spencer Pulley, Kevin Zeitler, and Andrew Thomas projected starters, but they also have Matt Pert, Shane Lemieux behind them. Right. That's a good offensive line. Yes, I like what you're building there for sure. Okay. Uh, defensively, um, we'll fly through here a little bit quickly. What position group are you – let's do three questions. The one that you think is going to be the best, the one that's going to be the worst, and the one that you're most excited to watch. Edge rusher would be what concerns me the most if I'm the Giants. Um, 
just because, yeah, there's a lot to be figured out. I'm very intrigued by their defensive tackles. They've probably overspent, but Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, boy, that could be a just devastating duo. With Dalvin Tomlinson there too. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, another clogger. So you've got that rotation. You've got some premier talents, guys who are tearing it up in college. Um, and then most underrated was the next guy. Uh, most excited to watch. And in a sense, it's still the the defensive tackles. Yeah, I'm just so bummed out about this DeAndre Baker situation. Yeah, otherwise it's the secondary. Totally, it's 100%. Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers, and yep. then Baker. That's yep. that's that's an exciting group to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. All right. Next up, going to the Cowboys. Um, best draft go, of the bunch ahead. for me, man. Okay. Uh, my only A plus plus. My only A plus, frankly. Um, but you know they're drafting in the the beginning of the second half of each round at the seventeenth pick. They came away with four guys who had second-round grades or better for me, five top 100 prospects. Um, that's really an incredible haul. You know, a top 10 guy in C.D. Lamb for me, a guy I really liked in Trayvon Diggs at Alabama. Tyler Biadash, Bradley, and I really like both those guys, obviously. And there's plenty of upside in Neville Gallimore as, a, as an interior penetrator. So. I mean, this was really, they knocked it out of the park. And even Ben DiNucci, quarterback from James Madison, or Reggie Robinson, the Tulsa cornerback who's a high upside guy. Lots of talent there too. So um, really, I thought, a phenomenal draft and clearly a, a team that didn't focus on needs, just went and got value, got the best players available, and it turned out to be the best class. All right. Um, so they got CD lamb at 17 Biotish in the fourth round Anai in the fifth round, even Trayvon Diggs mid second round is a steal. Which yeah. pick do you think was the best value? Oh, man. Has to be Biotish, right? I think so. Like I get that there were some doubts on his upside and overall athleticism and what have you on an offensive line like that. He's just a solid pro. He's going to be a beast in the running game. Um, he's going to be smart and play with strong IQ. His ball skills will be great. He's a plug-and-play starter that you got with the 40th pick of the fourth round. What? It's unreal. And I think the only argument you could make might be C.D. Lamb going at 17 because he's somebody who could have been a top 10 pick, really. Absolutely. Yeah, that was the other pick I was indecided on was uh, C.D. Lamb. And, dude, Bradley and I, I get why he dropped to the late fifth. But, I mean, we saw it throughout his whole career. Dominated Pac-12 uh, offensive tackles. Goes to the senior bowl, tears apart those guys. You know, he, he can just get after the passer. And, obviously, they have, they have Alden Smith and some bigger profile guys. But in a rotational role, five, ten snaps a game, he'll get some pressure for you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk about this team now. Um, where do you have them stacking up in the NFC West? Kind of seems like a two-horse race. Or East, sorry. Oh, there it was. It's going to happen <laughs> eventually. Um, I mean, I guess the question is, do you like the Cowboys or the Eagles to win that division? I think the Cowboys have to be big favorites, just real underachievers last year. 
had a nice off season, you know, assuming they can figure out this uh, contract with Dak and that's not looming over them. Um, you know, you gotta love that offense with all the weapons they have, maybe one of the best offensive lines in football. And I think that defense is coming along. I think just having a coaching change and new voices will really help them. The numbers like them a lot. Vegas likes them a lot. Um, you know, I, I think they're a kind of a safe bet to win this division and uh, make the playoffs and have like a strong bounce back here. Yeah, I would agree. Um, what do you think of them in the NFC then? Do you think that they can compete for uh, the, the title there? The NFC is really interesting because a lot of the top teams from last year, my numbers don't really like, you know. Um, so when I'm talking about NFL futures and stuff on bets or total wins, um, these are the kind of analytics I'm, I'm referencing right now. You know, teams like the Packers are expected to have a big drop off from the 13 win team they were. Um, teams like the Saints, the numbers don't love the Saints, and I could see why. Um, and then, you know, you have the NFC West, which is kind of a bloodbath with Rams, Seahawks, um, 49ers. You know, you see if the 49ers can repeat like this. So I think outside of the Niners, they're maybe my favorite team in the NFC. So I think they could really be threatening for that two seed and a, and a, a buy. All right. I, I'm not quite that high on them, but I, I, I totally see it. Yep. Um, when you look at this offense, what is the biggest question mark? It's going to be how do they adjust to the new offensive scheme? How much is that really catered to? their skills can they find the right balance of run and pass and can Dak Prescott repeat last year I mean that's really can he just continue to progress it's really All right yeah. um so really there should be two starters probably who are rookies on this offense um so the receivers are going to be Amari Cooper Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb most likely and then you'll mm -hmm. have Tyler Biadish subbing into this offensive line um Diggs a great offensive starting. line that lost yeah. its starting center. Right. Uh, which one of these two players do you think will have the bigger impact this season for uh, Dallas? I think it's Lamb. I think it's Lamb and how he's going to open up space for the running game, how he's going to open up space for uh, Cooper and Gallup, how he'll make uh, Dak Prescott's life easier. The fact that he's He's really outside of Ezekiel Elliott and maybe more so than Zeke. He's going to become their biggest kind of play weapon, you know, the, the guy that's the biggest threat to take a five-yard slant and turn it into a 40-yard touchdown. Um, so I, I think his impact is going to be pretty significant. All right. Um, on the defensive line, the, the starters, Demarcus Lawrence, Gerald McCoy, Dontari Poe, Tyrone Crawford. That's a good defensive line. Do you yeah. think Neville Gallimore or Bradley and I contributes right away? Yeah, and Alden Smith in the mix there too. That's right. Um, yeah, I think Gallimore will be heavily featured in that rotation and kind of be their third down uh, pass rushing defensive tackle. And um, Anai, we're going to see, you know. But yeah, I think Anai should be in that rotation and we'll kind of be we'll we'll be in the mix for sure but Gallimore I think will have a much more prominent role all right um last year they had they struggled in the secondary they add 
uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Um, now they have Xavier Woods back there with Anthony Brown. Chidobia mm-hmm. Wouzier from Colorado, who yeah. struggled at points last year. Does yeah. Trayvon Diggs become a starter on this defense? I think so. What's interesting is they lost Byron Jones. And I've heard mm-hmm. some chatter of Cheeto be moved to safety. Yeah, I have as well. In that nickel slash safety role, I think, you know, use them the way um, the Broncos used Will Parks towards the end of the year last season. Boy, he could really shine. And I've always felt Cheeto closest to the line of scrimmage is going to, that's where he's at his best because he's a phenomenal blitzer, great tackler always in the mix and good cover man, especially if he can mix it up and be a bit physical at the line. And Diggs can also be physical at the line, you know, converted wide receiver, uh, still raw, lots of talent. I think he's going to be an outside corner. You're going to see him in a a few more zones. He's going to take his bumps and bruises, but he'll be a starter and he'll be pretty solid and competitive early on. All right. Uh, Say you're, say you're an opposing offensive coordinator. You're playing the Cowboys. This is the last question, by the way. What is your game plan? Yeah, I'm going to attack that young secondary. Um, okay. We're going to try and mix and match. We're going to try, you know, we'll throw some motion pre-snap and try to get some reads because we're not worried about them disguising too much. Uh, we're going to start with some quick hitters, and then we're going to set them up and fake a quick hitter and try to catch them on a big play, test them on play action a little and see how they react. All right. So really test their eyes, test their discipline. You know, how jumpy are they? That, that'd be my first. That's what I'm trying to figure out in the script, you know, in my first mm-hmm. 15 plays or so, and then I'm going from there. All right. Actually, I lied, and there's one more question. Say, oh, you're, no. say you're a defensive coordinator playing the Cowboys offense. Yeah. What are you most scared of? Is it the passing game with Gallup and Cooper and Lamb with Dak Prescott throwing them the ball? Or is it the running game with that all-star offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott? I think it really is. Um, it really is the passing game. Uh-huh. Um, the running game's just one of those where, you know, uh, hey, they're rushing for a decent amount regardless. Um, hmm. We can't get gashed, but we're going to have to focus in on the passing game and I might be, you know, throwing some exotic formations, faking like I'm going to bring five or six and then like drop an eight and, you know, really trying to throw Dak off and yeah. uh, try to confuse him with some exotic coverages and disguises early on. Yeah. And I think that when you look at this offense and you're, if you're looking at it as a defensive coordinator, you're, you're not playing scared but the thought really has to be don't get beat by big plays. I think you go into the game saying don't let them get the big plays. Hope you pull a couple turnovers somewhere. So I like what you said there. Uh, Moving along to the final team in this division, the team that won the division last year, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, how far behind the Cowboys are they in terms of just their standing in the NFC East in your mind? I mean, this is a big, big season to kind of figure that out because they've added a lot of weapons on offense now with this draft. I mean, you talk about three different wide receivers being added, and then I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'm remembering a notable uh, undrafted free agent as well, all with speed, and um, 
you know, I don't know that I love their running game. They were so reliant on their tight ends by the end of last year. There's some turnover on the offensive line. Uh, the defense has lost Malcolm Jenkins. They are in really kind of a confusing time. And I think next year is going to be big. And I think we might find that they're not significantly behind, but they're, they're a full tier behind the Cowboys. Um, and, you know, I thought with the draft, they maybe got a little too cute addressing needs. Um, four top 100 prospects, though, two in my top 50, considering where they were drafting and kind of the lower um, half of the first round, I ended up giving them a B plus. Um, and I'm not killing them for Jalen Hurts. I think this is the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles is more valuable than it is for any other team in the NFL. They have proven that. Yep. So to have a quarterback who can A, be a valuable asset as your backup quarterback is huge. B, he's a guy that can be used in exotic packages and give another dimension to the offense. The only question is, did they overdraft him? Should they have waited till the third to flip him and recoup some value? You know? Yep. Um, and yet, I, I thought this was kind of the range he needed to go in. Um, we've talked about Rhaegar being that second tier of wide receivers and the speed kind of pushing him up as it did for the top guys in each area. Davion Taylor was a bit of a head scratcher in the late third. Um, you know, the, they are dreaming on potential with a lot of these guys. They are. There's that. You see that everywhere. Prince mm-hmm. Tegawanagu, they were the one, they were the team that pulled the trigger with the 31st pick in the sixth round. Yeah, maybe the best pick of their entire draft. They got both the offensive tackles from Auburn. Um, yeah, they gambled on potential. They gambled on measurables, you know, at least speed department, not the biggest guys with Rhaegar. Hertz or Taylor, but they're gambling on athleticism. Um, and I think they're really gambling on fit. We can fit these guys. We can get their premier athletic skills to shine early and kind of develop them. I like the Kayvon Wallace pick too. Um, Hightower is not a bad pick. Quez Watkins from Southern Mississippi is going to give you some impact. So yeah, I guess it's a, it's a nice draft, but boy, the Eagles are at, at an interesting crossroads. Um, in their franchise has history right now. they are and you mentioned that they drafted three receivers mm-hmm. they also signed Khalil Tate who they yes. have I mean at least our lads has him listed as a receiver yep. um, I'm not sure if I would list him there if they're gonna try him at quarterback um, for those of you who haven't followed Khalil Tate closely he's torched the bus buffs on multiple occasions as a dual threat quarterback uh, for Arizona, yes. he had a 300-yard passing game. He had a 300-yard rushing game. It's been rough. Um, hasn't lived up to the hype outside of when he's playing Colorado, though. Uh, yes. So that's an interesting <laughs> take. But you mentioned, so they have the three receivers they drafted. Mm-hmm. They take Cleo Tate. They take Jalen Hurts, who we'll talk more about later. If, if you see him in a Taysom Hill role, maybe they do throw him out there at receiver occasionally. Yeah. But yeah. also, they, they have Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. Um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, got Marquise Goodwin. Sure. What is their depth chart at receiver on day one? And then do you think that it changes by the end of the season? It, it feels like they don't trust Deshaun Jackson the way they've been doing things. And um, 
you know, it seems like they might not be the happiest with Alshon and wouldn't mind getting rid of him either. Mm-hmm. And I think we're some somewhat disappointed by JJR Sega Whiteside last mm-hmm. year too. Um, so I really think they're looking at the future. They obviously saw speed as like the premier need because yeah, Goodwin was the other wide receiver I was thinking about. Um, you know, he's an Olympic track type speed on top of Rhaegar, who's one of the fastest guys in college football. Chris Watkins ran a four three. John Hightower ran a four three. Um, so they identified speed as a major need um, and just attack that in waves. And I think at the end of the year, really what they'll be looking at is for two of these rookies plus Goodwin to be factored in and then Arcega Whiteside to be the one guy with size to kind of be the contested ball outside guy. And then they have two big guys in their two uh, tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz who kind of play those roles too, you know? So I think it's just a general, they're trying to kind of revive and do a, a, a generational sweep of this receiver rooms and kind of out with the old and with the new. All right. Um, we talked about the receivers at tight end. They have Dallas Goddard. They have Zach Ertz and they have invested a little bit in that offensive line. Yep. The quarterback is Carson Wentz, and the running back is Miles Sanders with Boston Scott, Corey Clement, whoever you want to throw in there. It still kind of feels like, even though they do have a former number two overall pick, they do they have invested some of these receivers, that this is a running football team still. What mm-hmm. do you see as this offense's identity? Yeah, I mean, that should be the identity, is the power running game that really – uh, gave them all that success during that Super Bowl run. Um, you know, I'm sure Broncos fans are still trying to oppress the memories of when the Eagles stomped us um, that year. And it was, you know, uh, Jay Ajay just running ragged all over them. And then the the passing game, the play-action passing game, and those deep balls really showing up for Wentz. And that's how he had so much success was – getting out the pocket, kind of scrambling, and boom, hitting them deep. Um, so, yeah, I think that is the identity of this team. And I don't think they have enough uh, horses in the stable to be that power running game. And also, you know, you wonder, going from a guy like Jason Peters to Andre, Andre Dillard, um, who famously never run blocked in college at Washington State, right? That's a, that's a mm-hmm. quote from Dillard who, who told me this. Um, so. It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's going to be interesting to see because I think they need to stick to the power running game. I think that's what they're going to do, and that's why they're adding big play weapons. But I do wonder if they're trying to spread it out and be more of a pass first, and I think that could be a problem for them. Okay. Um, Before we move on to the defense, I want to talk more about Jalen Hurts. Um, You know, Lincoln Riley has been saying that He's frustrated by all the comparisons of Jalen Hurts to Taysom Hill. He, mm-hmm. he said, like, if you think that that's the case, you need to go back and look at the til- film and see what Jalen Hurts actually did. He was an efficient passer. That's what he is in the NFL. Where do you kind of stand on that debate? You know, is Jalen Hurts like a gadget guy in the NFL, or is that kind of taking away from what he does as a passer? I think the Taysom Hill stuff is only brought up because he's a second-round pick, and we're wondering – what kind of immediate impact can this kid have? When he's well, behind Carson Wentz. Immediate impact. Yes. When he's behind Carson Wentz, 
when he's used as an H-back and stuff. Now, remember, when we, uh, we say Taysom Hill, we don't mean the special team stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Taysom Hill is a Martian for what he can do on special mm-hmm. teams and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it, and that does present a nice element to an offense because it just messes with defenses so much to have a second quarterback on the field because they don't know what personnel set are we stopping. Like, is this 11 personnel because there's three wide receivers and I treat him as a tight end? Do I treat him as a back? Do I treat him as a fullback? You know, um, it messes with defenders' heads. Uh, so I, do, I wouldn't overlook that. I think more so than an efficient passer. And look, in that offense, he was an efficient passer. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's an efficient passer in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. But he can replicate a lot of that Carson Wentz stuff. Mm-hmm. He can hit you deep. He can improvise. He can make some plays off script. He can make some plays with his feet. Um, you know, he's he's going to be a little bit of a boom or bust passer sometimes because he might get a little too wild. Um, and the arm can be a little erratic sometimes. But, yeah, I think he'll get you big plays and he can extend plays with his legs and be a good running threat. He's perfect in those RPO sets that they run a lot of he'll be great in play action looks so yeah i think there's there's a lot that he can be done so in a sense i agree with lincoln riley but there's there's more nuance to it than he's giving yeah all right um moving to the defense who if anybody are we going to see on the field this season in terms of rookies yeah i think uh Kayvon wallace could be a key piece but maybe Davion Taylor is more that key piece mm-hmm. um, maybe Kayvon Wallace they see more as a Malcolm Jenkins type and they think Davion Taylor can be that big nickel defender who's going to help them kind of stay in base while having the versatility of essentially having a defensive back playing linebacker because if you look at the athletic testing that's what Davion is yeah um but, man, Davion's got a ways to go before he he's not a liability on an NFL field um, on Sunday. So I think Kayvon Wallace is the only one who's going to see significant playing time on defense early. But at the same time, you know, we talk when we talk about that spot, that big, big nickel defender keeping him in base, that hybrid linebacker safety, we always say, well, that's the Will Parks role. Will Parks is actually in Philadelphia now. And That's I true. would assume that with Jalen Mills, Rodney McLeod in front of him, he's probably in that same role in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. I could see how Davion Taylor or Kayvon Wallace could take that from him. Right. But I think that that's probably the depth chart. Will Parks and then yep. whatever order you want, Wallace and Taylor. Right. And then someone's got to replace Malcolm Jenkins and all this. So you've got that open spot too for those guys. But yeah, you've mm-hmm. got, that's a nice stable of like three hybridish defenders to utilize creatively in your back seven. I also want to say that I think put this on record. I think Dante may wind up Dante Olson from Montana may wind up with more snaps on defense than either of these two guys, because you look at their linebackers with Nathan Gary, TJ Edwards, Duke Riley. They bring in Jatavis Brown from the chargers I could Are, see guy maybe yeah. he or maybe even Davion can take one of those linebacker jobs. Boy, Philly would love a guy like Dante. 
Mm-hmm. And he fits, he fits well there too, with the way I mean they, they want those defensive linemen eating up blocks, let that linebacker feast. Oh. Right. And I mean, if I were to build a linebacker duo for Dante to play in, a guy like Davion Taylor to be paired next to would be mm-hmm. where I would start. Yeah. So, yeah. Um long term, who do you see producing the most in the NFL? Um, in this draft class, if you give me your top three, you've got Rager, Hightower, Tegawanagu, uh, Jalen Hurts, Davion Taylor. I'll throw Dante in there. Uh, Kayvon Wallace. I think Rager has the advantage, though I am tempted to say Hurts. I do think whether in Philadelphia or somewhere else, Hurts will have a future in the NFL. I think be- so too be a fairly productive quarterback. Um, and then I'm going to say Kayvon Wallace as okay. my third guy. Yeah. I think that's a good order. Yeah, I think Kayvon's another guy I could see carving out a nice career and producing lots of tackles and being a solid starting safety for many years. In the Will Parks role. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> With totally. Will Parks on the roster. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah I, I think that's pretty much everything. Um Let's move on and talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, yes, please. I'm wearing a Breck shirt. Oh, you are. The yep. Autumn Ale. How did autumn you get ale. that one? Because when we went, yeah, I don't think... Did you get that then? Yeah. Huh. I thought the Autumn Ale just came out this autumn. Turns out, I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> with the Autumn Ale, but I can tell you all about the Strawberry Sky because that is my mm. favorite beer in the world. Yes. Um, so good. It's summer so good. outside. That just somehow, like, even in the winter, the strawberry sky is my favorite beer, but mm-hmm. a strawberry sky in the summer is just like mm. twice as good. It blows everything else out of the comp out of the water, out of the competition. I guess I, I, I could have played it off. Um, maybe, maybe what I should do since a strawberry sky in the summer, you're making it sound so good. I'm thinking the only thing better would be watching baseball during the day, <sighs> but we can't do that. So maybe I'll just watch a KBO replay on sunday because i don't have to check the saturday games because i don't make picks on saturday Mm. and it'd be a no spoiler free watch yeah that sounds like a lot of fun i'm thinking i might sneak some in my golf bag when i head to the course tomorrow Mm, nice yeah inspired me also, you said bag like a Montana. We got What frustrates me more than that now yeah. is when I'm not the one who catches it. Because mm. usually I say like bag and I'm like, oh, bag, bag, bag. And, and like I can show that I recognize I made a mistake. But when somebody else gets it and I totally missed it, that, I don't know. Not that I'm like ashamed of speaking like a Montanan. Like I would just prefer to speak the words the way they're meant to be spoken you know my wife is from chicago and they all say it's bag left and right that's crazy so my roommate's from milwaukee and he has a bunch of friends here who are also from milwaukee and so it's the same thing and i catch them saying words weirder than i do and i want to call them out uh i don't know well the good news Mm. is i think there's like eight or so of us five or uh, something like that that are going to meet up at the dmvr bar tonight Nice. And uh, hopefully RK or Allie or somebody will shred them for the way they talk. Beautiful. The Let's whole DNVR experience. <laughs> Back yeah, to those, Bre- Breckenridge Brewery, though. We're, <laughs> beers that you can't get at our DNVR bar. Mm, do you know what the... Yeah. Do you know which no, one's I mean, on tap there? Are, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know either. I know we're getting 
I, all of them are we getting maybe close to all of them i think is the plan it, it's a lot already on tap it yeah, is so. but i don't have the specifics i will be drinking a lot of those tonight and i'm gonna get a nice big cheeseburger too but this is an ad nice. for breckenridge brewery and so do that eat their food too go to the yep. farmhouse down in yes. littleton curbside delivery all that all that stuff you can get five dollars off your meal with the code dnbr it's a great deal. It's great food. They're great people. And we love supporting them. Also want to tell you guys about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, which has been so much fun. I've found myself just placing a bunch of futures bets. A lot, of, like pretty much every day, I just run through mm-hmm. the odds boosts and, yeah. and pick things I like. I think, yeah. I think yesterday was actually the first time I put money on the abs to win the Stanley Cup because of an odds Nice. Boost. I um oh okay I need to be on the lookout for that odds boost. Yeah. I've uh I love the odds you're getting for that. They're the same as the odds for the Rockies to win the NL West, which <laughs> I insanely also put a little money on. No, Dre. Well, dude, if it wins, I'm winning. <laughs> like, well, that that's how betting works, but come on. I don't know. I, I do kind of I am kind of buying into this idea. Of like, I don't need something to push me to enjoy Denver sports more. But if I just throw like five bucks down on that Titans game because I like the line and the odds, and I do that today, and I do that again three weeks ago and three weeks from then, and then all of a sudden I get a decent payday if they win, why not use that money to hit the DNVR bar after all those games and have a party? That's the way I'm looking at it. Like if the Broncos win – like the ticket prices go up, then I'll be winning enough money that I can justify paying for that. Or I can justify going out to the bars and going crazy after it. And so I have been doing that kind of stuff. Like I I think I put down like five bucks on Von Miller to win both MVP and defensive player of the year. Yeah. And so you can get like good odds. And so if that hits, I'm getting something like 500, $600. Total. Because there's just some value there. And you know, I'm going to be cheering for him anyway. I'm going to be watching every game. Why not? Why not? It makes it fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a winner already if the Avs win the Stanley Cup or the Rockies win the NL West. Mm -hmm. Why not make a little money off that joy too? Why not have an extra 200 bucks to blow at the bar at the after party after we watch it there, you know? 100%. That's right. That's the way I've been looking at it. Because the thing is... We're going to reinvest in DraftKings. Yeah, or that's the (laughs) other option. If if the party's lame, just put it all back in and hope next year's party's better. But yeah. Oh, also, I should say, at the DMVR bar, the party is never lame. Just to clarify that. Mm, Um, Yes. Yes. If you guys want to get in on this, and you should, um, there's so many odds boosts. Plus, you have Dre and RK helping you out with the DMVR bet show every day. I don't even have to think about my bets anymore. Like half half the bets are things that honestly are things I hope will happen more, mm. more than me betting. Like, why not? I mean, there's a line on the Broncos winning right. 10 games. I'll throw a couple bucks on that. I like the Broncos. So you can listen to me do that stuff, or you can listen to Dre and RK on that DMVR bet show with the analysis. And I like a healthy mix. I think that's what makes sports betting fun. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DMVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter the code DMVR and get that sign-up bonus. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. 
Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Nicely done. Thank you. We're an hour into this, and we still have two segments to go. <sighs> we need to make a decision here. Do we have time for tight ends? We, we can get through tight ends quickly. And we only have or one question we could, today. We'll be, or we'll we be could wait and just do the counts game. Let's just do the counts game. Let's just do the counts game. Yes. We'll get through Let's tight see. ends later. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I do think people now know so much more about the NFC West than they would have otherwise. Yeah, from last week's show, definitely. And maybe the East from oh, this week's show. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. I don't even know. I do that, I do that with West and East all the time. Like, like it frustrates me. It frustrates me. You do it me. with left and right as no, well? No, no. I'm great at left and right. I've known left and right since I could make an L with my left hand. But I, I don't know. For some reason, I have all that stuff. I, was, I guess I do have trouble with analog clocks, too. But the, <laughs> the the east and west, I just oh, it just takes me a second, and I have to sit down and I have to think like, okay, west of Denver is the one with the mountains, west with the mountains, and that's a terrible WW whatever you call those things mnemonic device because with the mountains makes no sense or like mountains upside down with the upside down M, and so I just remember all these stupid things or I'll Can't remember you like just visualize the coasts and be like, oh yeah, California's yeah. Hawaii. Because west I can't of, just quickly think east west. I have to sit and think like, okay, west coast, that's Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, that's California, <laughs> west, left. Has the E sound? Like, I don't know. Oh uh, my God. It sounds like you're complicating things for yourself. I, I don't know. I just struggle with it. Thank goodness mm. we cut that tight end segment from today. Otherwise, yeah, we'd right. go way long. Give me yeah. some time to talk about directions. Okay. So the counts game. Yeah. I should have waited until I clicked on that tab before I said that. Um, but there it is. Oh, okay. Gents, kudos on the all-rookie draft. Well played on both sides. Epic work by both of you. Simone wins just barely by an unmanscaped hair, as I've noted on Twitter. However, this new challenge will give Big Hank a chance to even the score. But this is, tough. Mm. This is a tougher game and not for the faint of heart, which neither of you draft titans are, of course. The challenge, draft your all-century team 2000 to 2020. Each player receives 20 selections, one each in the first round of every season's draft, and then five undrafted free agent selections. Why 25? You must select your kicker and punter and returner as well. Use the reversal snake formula. DM me if this doesn't make sense. We figured it out. Stop after the 20 selections and just go back and forth for UDF A's, thus mimicking free agency more accurately. Begin with a coin flip. No points for second place, boys. Godspeed. Love the count. We love you too, okay. the count, and we are really yes, excited about this do. game. Do you, um, do you have a coin? No. Okay, well, do you uh, trust me to not... Che- here, here, here. I can tilt this laptop down. I promise okay. I'm not trying to show you the crotch. I'm trying to show you the... <laughs> okay. Well, it's going to have to be crotch. Double bonus for me. It, and Oh, wait. Nobody <laughs> called anything. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, call it in the air. The All right, let's <laughs> go. It was heads, by the way. Okay. Heads. It's tails. tails. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Henry starts, and I think this is a a big, big coin toss win for you. Yeah? Yeah. I haven't looked at 2,000. You get get to start this off. Um, Mm. Yeah. Because it means I get to pick LeVar Arrington. Just kidding. That's not my pick. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this is an interesting. So starting 2,000. Yeah. 
Courtney Brown, the number one pick, LeVar Arrington, Chris uh, Samuels, Jamal Lewis is in there. Yeah. Um, Plexico Burris. Wow. Well, there is a very clear answer here, isn't there? Sure is. And it's not Sean Alexander, Chad Pennington. It is Brian Erlacher who will be in the middle of my defense. So to not waste positions on my roster, I, with my first pick, am taking a super controversial selection. I'm taking kicker Sebastian Janikowski. Rather, rather than waiting for the undrafted <laughs> ranks, I'm taking the only first-round kicker available to me. So that's how we're starting it off. Let's well, there see. you go. I know this. I'm going to be fighting an uphill battle, but I promise you this is a sound strategy. Oh, my goodness. I am so happy you lost this toss. And I was initially happily happy because I got Brian Erlacher. I'm even happier because it's now you with Janikowski. Um, you also get the first pick in the next round or in the yeah. next year. So 2001. Who are you taking there? Oh, man. I fear I'll regret this, but I'm going to go with LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, okay. You know, one of the few division rivals of the Broncos who I just could not hate. I just have nothing but incredible, endless um, adulation and respect for, for LT. So, yeah, I'm going LT. That's my running back. I don't hate the pick. Um, it gives me some flexibility later on, but, uh-huh. I mean – you got yourself a Hall of Fame running back. And I'm actually going to get myself a Hall of Fame guard with uh, Steve Hutchinson in that offensive line. There were some other options. You know, Michael Vick was the first pick. Richard yep. Seymour uh, uh, deserves more credit than he gets, I think. Um, but, yeah, I guess uh, let's throw Reggie Wayne's name in there, too. Yeah, Reggie. That way you sure. guys can all fight. Also, Michael Bennett, the running back, though. Um, I get the first pick in 2002 now, and it's loading. Yeah, and there we go. go. Ooh, are you going with Buff Legend, um, Daniel Graham? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted, but I'm not going to. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm curious about Julius Peppers. Um, yeah. Dante Stallworth is not in the conversation. Dwight Freeney is. Um, yep. Also, shout out to the Broncos for drafting Ashley Lilly, one pick before Javon Walker. Yep. Um, but it's it's Ed Reed here. Ed Reed's a great pick. That's who I would have selected. Man, I loved Dwight Freeney so much, but I have to go Julius Peppers. Yeah. I just have to. Uh, yeah. The, the amount of dominance that guy showed throughout his whole career. Um, yeah. Give me and Julius where- Peppers. And you are the first pick in 2003 as well. All right. First pick in 2003. This one shall be interesting. <laughs> this was the Carson Palmer, Charles Rogers, Andre Johnson, Dwayne Robertson, Terrence Newman draft. Byron left, which, oh, man. Well, you took a safety in the last one. I will be taking a safety in this one, the only Hall of Famer in this first round. That is Troy Polamalu. Troy Polamalu. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, and I really wish I could have paired him with 
Ed Reed, but I can't. And that's going to make this a little bit tougher. Um, yikes. Like Nandi Asamoah is tempting. Mm-hmm. Dallas Clark mm-hmm. is tempting. Yep. Andre Johnson, I think, though, is the pick at receiver. Yeah, that's a nice one. That's a nice one. I like that selection. All right. And I'm first in 2004. Yeah. The Eli Manning, uh, Robert <laughs> Gallery, Larry Fitzgerald, Philip Rivers, Sean Taylor draft. What a the, tough the, time. The toughest part of this so far is just thinking through all of the first round quarterbacks because I know I need to snag one. Surely I can do better than Ben Roethlisberger, right? But I'm actually not sure. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's a toughie, Hank. I think I'm going to pass on Ben Roethlisberger. DJ Williams was the Broncos' first pick in this. Oh, that's that's good to shout those out. I'm going to go with Sean Taylor. Finish my safeties up. Man, that is a phenomenal pick. Uh huh. Phenomenal pick. And to have Ed Reed with Sean Taylor. Yep. Congrats to you on that. Um, This game is easier, but I love it. I'm not going to cry myself to sleep with my pick of Larry Fitzgerald either, though. Yeah. And and I was considering Fitzgerald too, just because I, I love the fit of Fitzgerald next to Andre Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like those are two receivers who you're getting 110 passes to 110 catches for true that that's most Um, of an offense well hank i hope you don't regret waiting on quarterback it's my turn to draft first in 2005 yeah yes it is i will be taking the 24th pick of that year's draft one aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers is a great pick oh yeah and what do i do Yikes. Three running backs in the top five. Oh, picks. I know. Ronnie Brown Two from Auburn. Benson Cadillac Williams. Uh, you know, I mean, Sean Merriman is tempting. Mm-hmm. Heath Miller is almost tempting. Roddy White. I hadn't thought about him in too long. Uh, the pick here, though, it's DeMarcus Ware. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah. I love that selection. Very nicely done. But one of my favorite Broncos of all time, even if he wasn't in his prime when he played here. Yep. Uh, the vaunted 2006 draft with Mario Williams selected ahead of Reggie Bush. Mm. And young. I, I, and see, like, I was tempted to say, like, could I take, can I just take Michael Vick and say, I get to make sure that he doesn't bust. And I'm thinking the same thing with Vince Young right now and Reggie Bush. But, this isn't a college draft. This is a pro draft. Boy, wow. this is a tough one. It is. This Tom Bahali, Jonathan Joseph, Mercedes Lewis is oh, actually man. kind of tempting. Totally, um, totally. Yeah. Nick Mangold, the center. Just Nick get that. Mangold yeah. might be the best player available behind my first pick. I think which I get is the first one. Pick. Because you had Aaron Rodgers, I, I did, I did. So I'm so glad I didn't say it. Please, uh, please I go should ahead have waited make, to cut you make your selection. Up. I don't think you were going Tom Mahali, Haloti Nada. Um, I think you know what? I'm gonna take 
uh, Dante Whitner is so tempting, but I'm not going to do it because I already have two safeties. There will be other safeties I want to draft. I just love safeties. Nick Mangold, the center. Boom. Um, boy, Mario Williams is tempting. I, this is the thing. We're going to see so many great edge rushers. Mm-hmm. I'm almost waiting to use up that pick. I will go Haloti Nada. I thought he was such an important piece to those Ravens defenses through the year. Really one of the best um, nose tackles of his era. So very happy with that pick. And you are first in 2007, which means you get to take number one overall pick, Jamarcus Russell. Oh, you know me. That's, uh, that's exactly who I'm angling for. Congrats, <laughs> Raven, Raiders, on that one. Ah, oh, man, this was another great class with Adrian Peterson, um, Marshawn Lynch. Joe, Joe Thomas, Staley. Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, I think no one better than wide receiver, Calvin Johnson. Yep. Oh, man, Joe Thomas is not a bad consolation prize, but no, I'm sticking with Megatron. Larry Fitzgerald and Megatron with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to them and Ladanian Thomas and running behind is that good, Hank? I don't know. Is I that think good? that's pretty good. Oh, but but see, I'm I'm struggling here because I mean, Darrell Revis is really mm. tempting. Add a cornerback to Ed Reed and Sean Taylor. Adrian Peterson is tempting because I think he probably will be the best running back I have a shot at. Joe yes. Thomas, I think, might be the best tackle I get a shot at. Yes, and I really love. All three of those players. Um, I got pulled the trigger, and it's it's going to be Joe Thomas. Ooh, I think that's the right pick. Maybe the less fun pick, but the right pick, nonetheless. Just get that solidified. Oh, man, Um, this next draft was a toughie. And I am first. We are now in 2008. Uh Um, You know, I still need a quarterback, and Joe Flacco is available. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> Along with Matt Ryan, Jake Long, Chris Long. Um, what other big yeah. names? Did I say Akeeb Talib or did I think it? I'm not no, sure. No, you didn't say Akeeb. And then Ryan Clady, too. Ryan Clady's in there, yep. Some two great <sighs> offensive tackles. Yeah. Gerard Mayo had a nice career for himself. He did. Mm. You know what? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go Clady. That's a great pick. That breaks my heart. Um, I'm kind of upset you did that. That's what we're doing here. I'm taking a keep to leave then. Fine. Okay. That's, that's a good pick too. And I think that was probably my second choice. Yeah. Jake Long is tempting as well though. Um, let's see. You took a keep to leave. There we go. And you're up first. All right. I need to remember that while I'm writing these notes on who I just drafted. Okie doke. Ooh, the... Matthew Stafford, Jason Smith, Tyson Jackson draft. Boy. Oh, man. This is another brutal top 10. It is. Well, well, well. I think my only logical choice here is Malcolm Jenkins. And I can use him at safety or defensive back. I can do whatever I please with him. So I will be taking Malcolm Jenkins, 14th overall pick that year. That is in the notes. And where did this page go? There we go. Um, wow. Yeah. It is a really tough one. 
Um, this you know was what? McDaniels's first draft, by the way, where he took no Sean Moreno and then Robert Ayers. Yikes. Yep. Um, oh, I really wanted Beanie Wells to be good. Uh, yeah. I'll take Clay Matthews. Nice. Yep. Nice. I feel like that's got to be the move. So now you've got Clay Matthews and uh, DeMarcus Swear rushing the passer from off the edge. Yep. Okay. I am selecting second in the 2010 draft, which was Sam Bradford, Indomitian Suit, Gerald McCoy, Trent Williams, Eric Berry. Very strong top five in this one. Yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul, another notable guy. Kareem Jackson, Demarius Thomas. Do you still need a wide receiver, Hank? I only have one receiver. Okay, so definitely need a receiver still. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I wish... You know, I mean, I think I'm actually going to throw another safety in the mix. Oh, with Earl Thomas. That's a great pick. Um, that should have been the Broncos the pick. Yeah. Famously. We don't like to talk about that, though. No, it's my worst draft memory yep. in so, life. So please stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, okay. Uh, I can respect that. I will be taking Trent Williams as my left tackle. Yep. That's a good pick. Finally addressing the offensive line. Yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul was tempting to. All right. Um, and then you're first in 2011. Let's go. Not even a second to think about this. One of the great drafts in NFL history. And yet my first pick couldn't be more clear. I'm going with one Vaughn Miller. Let's go. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Um, well, I know where I'm going. Uh, oh, yeah? You know, there, there, I mean, there are some tempting options. Yes. Julio's tempting. Patrick yep. Peterson's tempting. Mm-hmm. But I have Clay Matthews and DeMarcus Ware, and if I could put J.J. Watt in the middle, I have to do it, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think you kind of do. Um, I think that means you kind of do have to take a generational talent like J.J. Uh, Watt. That means I'm into the next draft. Um, Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin, Trent Richardson, mm. Matt Khalil. Um, Yikes. Wow. And I already have a line, my linebackers. I guess I could go I'm, – I'm probably going 3-4, which means Luke Keekley is really tempting, but I want to look around. Yeah, we're going Luke Keekley. Uh, fine. I will go with – what I think is quietly one of the dominant defenders in the entire NFL. He has the ring to prove it. I'm going with one Fletcher Cox, pairing him next to Haloti Nada in the middle. And then I've got Von Miller and Julius Peppers coming off the edge. I don't know, Hank. Is that good? Tell me. Is that good? That's better than what I did. <laughs> um, yeah. In hindsight, that should have been the move. But Oh, man. I mean, that just means you now I just have to play DeMarcus Ware at defensive end, which I don't hate. Yeah. But, yeah, because, of, because I already have three safeties. Um, you're oh, also man. first in 2013. Oh, no. 
So, Hank, this is the first draft I actually started podcasting about and oh, really? doing stuff for. And this is the worst draft maybe in NFL history. It sucked. And we knew it sucked going in, but I was still trying to like build an audience and get people amped up about it. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, the only kind of good player, there's a couple good players that came out of this. Um, Xavier Rhodes actually really stands out. Um, but I think even more valuable and important is Lane Johnson, who will be my right tackle to pair next to Trent Williams, and I like that a lot. So I'm going Lane Johnson, the fourth overall pick from the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm happy you did that because that means I get to pair two Houston Texans greats together with Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. Mm, nicely done. Uh-huh. Nicely done. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I gotta say, I I maybe undervalue Hopkins, who gets a lot of uh, love. You know, I I still think that I'd have him as the best receiver in the league. You What'd know, you do, I, huh? I've wavered a little bit, but I think I'd put him ahead of Julio. I think I put him ahead of Michael Thomas. I think DeAndre Hopkins is that good. And then, like, I tried to cool myself off recently, but I I don't think you can do better than him. Like, sure, he yeah. isn't as big. He doesn't box people out the same. But you don't need him to do that. That's not what he does. I I, th- I think that, uh, I don't know. I still do want to see a little bit more out of Kyler Murray, which is a different conversation. But getting him out of Houston when he's already averaging for his career over 1,200 yards per season, I think it's going to be huge. Yeah. No, I, you, know, I you know which quarterback has completed the most passes to DeAndre Hopkins? No. Brock Matt Osweiler. Schaub? Whoa. Brock Dude. Osweiler. That's terrible. Yeah, by one over, uh, I think over Hoyer. Yikes. I was just watching Get Up this morning because I have a TV in my room now. Um, Dang. Yeah. Um, my pick now in 2014. Wow. This is a tough one. Jadavian Clowney, Khalil Mack. We've established I am really set in terms of pass rushers. OBJ. Yeah. Uh, so really hard, man. So many players that I want on my team. No. I'm trying to count up. Let's see. It I have gets one, two, really hard here. I already have eight starters on this defense. I don't uh, even know what I'm doing. And you know what? I, I have to add a ninth. It's Aaron Donald. That's a great pick. That is a great pick. Um, I guess we would be going three receiver personnel. Probably, yeah. I feel like it's your pick, though. If you want to load up on tight ends, do your thing. Yeah. Um, so I've got Von Miller and Julius Peppers already. <laughs> but I can easily slide Peppers kind of closer inside. Vaughn can play as a conventional strong side linebacker. We've seen him do that. And we've seen Khalil Mack play as a conventional linebacker as well. So Mack's going to be more of a linebacker with Vaughn. We're going to make it work. Oh, boy. Um, and, yeah, that's who I'm taking. I don't even care. I'm taking Khalil Mack as an outside linebacker. That's kind of where I'm at. Well, now, now my defensive line – J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald inside Ugh. with Clay Matthews and DeMarcus Ware outside. 
and Luke Keekley and Brian Erlacher as my two linebackers. Somehow I have I still have like my three safeties with Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, and Earl Thomas. Wow, I'm pumped about Man, this defense. I just need crazy. some corners real bad. Uh you pick Oof. first now, right? Yes. Yes. 2015. Yep. Sick. Which means I'm going Byron Jones, another versatile DB that I can use however I want. That uh, was huge. Makes things tougher for me. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, as tempted as I am to take my quarterback here with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, I'm going to pass, and I'm going to take – a good call. Yep. This is where I'm pulling the trigger on my running back, and it's not Melvin Gordon. It's Todd Gurley. It's a solid pick. It's a solid pick. Um, far from the value I got with LaDainian Tomlinson, but I think, uh, I think that's a very solid pick. Congrats to you. Compare the peak years, sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That one decent year from Todd Gurley with a a decade of excellence from LaDainian Thompson. We should definitely compare. I agree. (laughs) Um, 20. Oh, no. You still have to make your 2015 pick. Do I? Right? No, no. No, no. You went first. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 2016. We have moved on. You're Um, next. Wow. And see, this is tough. But should it really be that tough? Probably not when Paxton Lynch is right there. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's Jalen Ramsey. That's my corner. Mm. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. Need a corner. He's good. He's crazy. But so far, I don't have much crazy on this team. Yeah, it's true. You can handle some crazy with the all-time grace you have. You know, I'm just strengthening my offensive line. I have my tackles. I need to figure my inside guys. Laramie Tunzel proved at the beginning of his career he could play guard, and that's where you'll play for me as well. Okay. And now you get the first pick in 2017. Man, we're getting so – it's so crazy going from the 2000s where it's like some of these guys I barely remember to like, man, these guys are still on their rookie contracts. Like hard to even – like hard to pair these dudes with some of the all-time greats already on a roster. Okay, 2017. I need to start adding some GD linebackers. This is not the class to do that with. Shoot. Mm. Despite TJ Watt still being there. Okay, I'm going to going to draft another offensive lineman to play him at guard. I will be taking Ryan Ramchuk. Ryan Ramchuk. And I will be addressing the quarterback position mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, that was the value in waiting is that sooner or later you were going to get a really nice option. Yep, and that means I'm first in 2018. Hmm. I still have a couple of holes that I would like to fill. Oh, yeah. But when I have the rest of my offensive line put together and I have Quentin Nelson right there, Mm. I've got to do it. You need the guard. I need the guard. Nice. I will. Oof. 
Oof, oof, oof. So we're really going to be playing a four-two-five, and okay. what's going to allow us to do that is to we're going to have Derwin James there as a bit of a hybrid linebacker. Mind you, we also have Troy Polamalu, so he can do a lot of that too. So we will be taking Derwin James. All right, as a nickel defender, and that means yeah. you are first in twenty nineteen. Yes. A draft that happened a year ago, and I can hardly remember anything about it. Oh, yes, of course. Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams. Mm. <laughs> I love them coming in. There's no reason for me not to like him still. He will be my second starting run linebacker. Um, Devin White is my selection. Hmm. Okay. Now I think my defense is basically solid. Yeah. Now I need to make some decisions. Yeah, my defense is solid. Because <laughs> the undrafted free agents are just going to be a mess. Yes. Um, let's see. What do I want to address here? It's a toughie. It's really tough. Um, yeah, because you're just really projecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's take... Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You and we're going to call that my returner. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. All right. And now the 2020 oh. draft. Where we are uh, really projecting. Really? <laughs> you have um, the first pick here? Yeah. Let's see. I need. Okay. Yeah. Let's figure out what. I just like so many of these undrafted guys. I don't want to. I know. Go in front of them. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, I just got to check one thing real quick before I make this decision. Okay. Um, we're loading. We're loading. Wow, um, I'm in a rough spot here. I would like to know what you're Googling right now. Uh, I know, but I can't tell you. <laughs> well, let's just pull a trigger. I'm not going to be able to do everything I want. And I'm going to take Jerry Judy. Oh, what a bummer. Um, screw you, Hank. I'll take, um, I guess I will be taking C.D. Lamb. Okay. Now wow. That was my plan. I'll be Interesting. taking C.D. Lamb. Yeah, my defense is set. So. 
And now you get your first pick of the undrafted free agents. Oh, do I? You do. <laughs> We've made it to that point. Wow. Big mistake by you. Um, I think I'll be taking Antonio Gates as my tight end. Yep. And uh, <laughs> because what I was trying to figure out, so I was sitting there with, I, I needed a receiver. I needed a tight end. You needed a receiver. You needed a tight end. And so then I thought, Wes Welker and Antonio Gates are both <laughs> right there. And then I draft a receiver. And then you draft CD Lamb, meaning that Wes Welker is still there, totally available. And I took Gary yep. Judy, which like could wind up being the right way. I should have taken a tight end. You took Antonio Gates. Uh, and I think that did that. You, did you ever probably, consider waiting on quarterback to take Tony Romo? Uh, I, I did, but then I just figured, you, yeah, you, I know. you can't do it. And there were right. some other guys who are kind of liked who are undrafted free agents. Well, so are you taking Welker or that wide receiver spot's occupied though? Um, maybe I do. I think I, I think I might just go with four receivers out there. Because it's either that or I try I mean, who are the best undrafted tight ends ever? Turns well, out got, you cannot wait, wait, wait. quickly Google that, which was the Google. You already drafted someone as a returner, though. Yeah. So couldn't Welker be your third wide receiver? Um, I have Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jerry Judy. Uh, okay. Maybe we're going spread with Mahomes. <laughs> but Welker could be your, your returner. Or did you draft a returner? Uh, Marquise Brown too? is my returner. Oh, man, you blew it. I, I don't think you can draft Welker. You're going to no. be missing another spot. Uh, tight end. I'd be saying we're going four wide. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But my other options are Jack Doyle, Ben Utecht. Yeah. You know uh, what? Ah, Ben Utecht. Okay, first of all, we should say, shout out the Colts for these undrafted tight ends. Good, good work, Colts. Um, well, first I should just make sure I lock up Chris Harris, who's my second cornerback. Yeah, why don't you do that? Yep. Now it's your turn. Yeah, I'll be drafting one Wes Welker as my punt returner. You son of... Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. you know. Wow. Okay. I need a returner. What can I say? Yeah, no, 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 that's a great pick. Congrats on it. Um, He's a great returner. <laughs> I'll be taking. <laughs> you know what? I think ugh. every good tight end I think it, is it, undrafted that I'm looking up for you has been drafted. It's so funny. I know it's it's rough. I mean, it, my my decision here is Jack Doyle or Ben Utecht, or do I say like? Jason Peters is playing tight end for me or go receiver, go four wide. Oh, I wonder, let's just check because I bet if we go undrafted fullback, maybe there's like a hybrid. Okay. So you, you Google that nothing even pops up like Marcel Reese. Okay. We're, we're just going to have to go with, I'm going to go Ben Utech over Jack Doyle. Ben Utech over Jack Doyle. Okay. Oh man. And you got I... undrafted Antonio Gates. I did. That's yeah, a separator was... right there. 
and Wes Walter. Um, okay, but I am in trouble at center here. Are you? Oh, yes, you are. <clears throat> oh, that that's was right. A, because, because Jeff Saturday was in 1999. Oh, I know. Tom Nalen was drafted. Matt Paradis was drafted. I'm really like... I'm sure there's an obvious Hall of Famer that I'm just forgetting right now. Yeah. I thought, I, I in my mind, Jeff Saturday was 2000, not 1999. Oh, yeah. wow. Wouldn't that have been nice for you, though? Uh, yeah, that would have been really nice. Yeah, so who are you picking to stop Aaron Donald? <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> for, one, for one, I've got, you know, some strong guard play. Let's not forget that. Uh, okay. With Laramie Tunsil and whoever else I drafted. Yeah, I'm just throw Tunsil go... on J.J. Watt then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, was Johnny Hecker drafted? Was he drafted? Do you know, Hank? I'm trying to work on it. Johnny Hecker. <laughs> Please tell me he wasn't drafted. Wasn't drafted. Nice. Undrafted. I'm taking Johnny Hecker, punter of the Los Angeles. Okay. Um. <sighs> Your kid, somebody drafted Andy Lee. Um, Crazy. Um, let's see. I like John Ryan. Is John Ryan undrafted? Oh, he's currently playing Canadian football. Maybe things got worse for him. You could go with a guy from like this class, right? I mean, that might be what I end up doing. Yeah. Um, I could just take Jake Hansen or something. Oh, he was undrafted. Mm-hmm. So John Ryan is an option. Um, yeah. Is it my pick? Yes. Okay. Well, I will go with how are all these punters being drafted? Um, yeah, I'll go <laughs> with crazy. John Ryan. Okay. Nice. Is that your final pick? Have I have one more. more. You have to figure out tight ends, though. No. Um, have you teched? Oh, right, right. Um, great pick. I'm going with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, shoot, this is such a wasted pick. I'm so mad at myself for not figuring out um, an undrafted center that's better than Jake Hansen, the guy who came out this year or might not even be on an NFL roster, but that's what I'm doing because I'm blanking. So I'm going, that's my center, easily the weakest link on my entire team. Okay. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. Did I just botch this? I will take. Jeez. Oh no! What a tough exercise. Oh uh, yeah, what? I thought Vinatieri. Vinatieri was ninety six. Oh, I know. I looked at that already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I looked it up and saw that he was undrafted, and then moved along. 
So I deserve this. Um, okay. Matty Elam wouldn't be in the 90s. No. Mason Crosby was drafted for sure. Ooh. How about uh, Justin Tucker? There we go. Maybe. Yep. Yep, there we go. Julian Edelman was probably also an option for us, right? On the undrafted guest. Oh, yeah. Would you go Edelman or Welker? Oh, Welker. Yeah. Yeah, I like Welker, I think. I think Edelman's a bit overrated. I think we're done now, though, right? Yep. Uh, well, I'll, let's, I'll read through my team real quick. So, offensive line, Joe Thomas. You got Hutchinson at guard, Nick Mangold, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Clady. My skill position players on offense, Patrick Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, Ben Utecht. Then defense, J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald inside um, with Clay Matthews and Demarcus Ware's pass rushers. You got two linebackers. Luke Keekley, Brian Erlacher, and then Sean Taylor in the box with them. Ed Reed and Earl Thomas playing safety deep. And cornerbacks are Jalen Ramsey and Chris Harris. I have Marquise Brown returning for me with John Ryan and Justin Tucker as my punter and kicker. Nice. I um, Starting with the offensive line, I have Trent Williams at left tackle, Laramie Tunsil at guard with uh, Jake Hansen at center. Ryan Ramchick as my other guard, and Lane Johnson as my right tackle. At wide receiver, I have the dynamic duo of Larry Fitzgerald and Calvin Johnson with Wells Welker as my returner and CeeDee Lamb in that mix as well. Daniel Gates is my tight end. And throwing them the ball is one Aaron Rodgers with Ladanian Tomlinson running out the backfield. On defense, my edge rushers are Julius Peppers and Von Miller. Haloti Nada is backing them up in the middle with Fletcher Cox. And then playing linebacker, I have an odd mix of Khalil Mack with Devin White and then Darwin James playing as that safety uh, linebacker hybrid. Behind them, we have Malcolm Jenkins, Troy Palomalu at safety with Akib Talib and Byron Jones at cornerback. Janikowski kicking, Welker returning. Who'd you sat on for punter? Johnny Hecker. The That's right. That's all-decade right. punter. Yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think of our teams. Who yes, you guys think won. Um, next up, we would like to tell you my computer's slowing down because I had so many tabs open. Oh, no. <laughs> about. Strava Craft Coffee. Strava yeah. Craft Coffee is incredible. It's so mm-hmm. good. Not just because like it wakes you up and gets you going, but also because it is CBD infused. Uh, it's game changing. And when you use CBD, you could see a whole bunch of different positive effects, whether that's helping with anxiety, with IBS, with all of the many, many different things that basically CBD can help with anything. I'm pretty sure except mm-hmm. should not say that right now with the coronavirus thing going around. We oh, are no. not saying that that will treat that. And, uh, if you guys want to try Strava craft coffee, you can use the code DNVR 20 for 20% off your order and it'll get free shipping straight to your door. It's a great deal. Take advantage of it. And now our one question this week, and it comes in from one of these tabs, TK Freeze, who says, what's up, draft guys? Hey, quick question. I heard you guys talk about the comparisons between KJ Hill and KJ Hamler. 
saying besides speed, KJ Hill is probably better in every category. Why did he not get drafted higher then? Just because he lacks the speed? On film, he looks fast. I love the Hamler pick and understand the elite speed element, but what made KJ Hamler a second rounder and KJ Hill a seventh if Hill is better in every category? I mean, speed kills, but still found it surprising when y'all were discussing the comparisons. Thanks, draft guys. Um, oh, there you are. Um, I can start. First of all, yeah. um, we didn't expect KJ Hill to go in the seventh round. Not um, at all. We expected him more in that fourth round range. Mm-hmm. Um, with the potential to sneak up earlier and obviously fall later, I think that when you look at these players, yes, the speed is the big thing that separates. But on top of that, there's the fact that KJ Hill projects as a good route runner. You look at his mm-hmm. feet, they're so fast. You look at the way he eats space, you can't play off of him he should be able to add a lot of the things that KJ Hill already has in his game. Whereas KJ Hill, because he is such a refined route runner because he can't just pull speed out of nowhere is a lot closer to a finished product. And so with KJ, whether he's or two KJs with Hamler, uh, he may not, they may seem like similar players in terms of their value to a team early on in their careers mm-hmm. and even that might be a stretch because with kj you know at the very least you can Hammer. line him up outside and yeah. yes with <laughs> and let him run downfield and stretch totally. out a defense totally. that is something he can do that is an nfl skill he has whether he builds off of that is still to be seen but that multiplicity right. being able to do different things is what football is all about and it's about building those matchups and with kj hill He's a pretty one-dimensional player, and you can fit him on the field. And, you know, with with the Broncos having um, a couple of pieces you can move around, you know, Jerry Judy, inside, outside. Melvin Gordon, he can play. I mean, I don't know if you'd line him up in the slot. He isn't that kind of route runner, but he's at least a right. pass-catching threat, and so you have some diversity there. You throw K.J. Hill in, you kind of know what he does with KJ Hamler. You need to add more pieces like that who can do multiple things because he should be able to be the route runner that KJ Hill is, um, or at least close to it with the speed, um, which obviously adds a bunch more upside. Yeah, totally. It, I mean, you put it perfectly. It's that KJ Hill has maxed out his traits and wasn't even a thousand yard wide receiver at Ohio state, arguably not even their best wide receiver last year. Um, while KJ Hamler was a dynamic weapon already in college because of that weapon has some real promise and talent in his ability to hunt space and get open as a route runner. And that speed makes all the difference in the world. But yeah, KJ Hill has better size. He's a more polished route runner has more reliable hands. So yes, the speed is the only difference, but that speed changes entirely kind of their upside, their ceiling, their ability to improve. K.J. Hill might never be more than a 600-yard slot-only receiver. K.J. Hamler could be a dynamic weapon in a variety of ways and a guy who can turn a two-yard throw into a 70-yard gain or something. So, Yep. Yep. That's, I feel like, a pretty good answer to that question. And because, ooh, wow, this is a long podcast, I think that the, the should we need to cut this off quick. If you guys have any questions, we really appreciate them and we will answer all of them and we'll answer all of them happily. You can leave those in the comment section of the post for today's show at ddnbr.com. We'll get to those next week. That's going to do it for today. We will talk to you again then.
Sit jail on the wall.